think. <laughs> Just kidding. Oh my gosh. Okay. Now we're ready. Ready. You are listening to Decaf, a weekly podcast by the Beacon Center of Tennessee. Mark is gone this week, so I have a co-host who's going. Where is he, by the way? Mark is in Austin at um, a national communication strategy kind of conference, and so um, the dynamic duo is separated. But to be honest, I kind of have more fun when you're here. Upgrade. So here we are. Upgrade. <laughs> Sorry, Mark. Um, so we got some exciting things to talk about. You want to jump in? Yeah, let's do it. So okay. What do we got first. Yeah. So the first thing we're going to talk about is the elections in Nashville coming up. Early voting is already open for the local elections, but election day officially is August 1st. And if you've been listening to the podcast, you know that we have, um, we're going to be doing a live election night show and, um, I'm really excited about it. Yeah, I think it's cool. I mean, it's unique for us. It's It's new. new. Obviously we don't take sides in any elections, but being able to analyze what does it mean for policy issues Mm -hmm. that are important for our state uh, is pretty cool. It's really risky to put Mark on live for that amount of time. I'll be Um, there to make sure things stay under control. We like to take risks around here, so to do things like this anyway. So so we'll see how it goes, but I'm optimistic that it's going to go well, and I think y'all have done some good exit polling to figure out where people stand on issues and how that influences uh, who they vote for in the election. And, you know, we've got a lot of supporters across the state who think that they can watch, you know, Rome burn from afar Mm -hmm. when it comes to Nashville. Uh, But the reality is what Nashville does sets the tone for a lot of the state. So who our next mayor is going to be and the position they hold on a lot of these core issues that that impact our state it's important to know what the, what impact that's going to have so we're going to look through it we're going to look at it through that lens yeah, and also we're going to be focusing a lot more on local politics over the next year or so and um I think that's a cool thing that you've tried to really focus on lately is why local, why the things that are happening in your backyard, if your backyard is a dumpster fire, it doesn't really matter what's happening in D.C. as much or what's happening across the state if, if your locality is is not doing so great. And I think that's a cool thing that we're focusing on is local governments and what it looks like to be free in the city where you live. Yeah, the City Freedom Index that we're going to do next year, really ranking cities on their relative freedom. Totally. Uh, and again, like you said, if you know, we can have the great greatest policies in the state, but if our local governments are trampling all over our rights, then we're still not living in a free society. So it's important for us to not focus so much on the state level, but know that what these cities are doing impacts our lives as well. And what I love about voting in local elections is you really can't hold those people accountable. Whereas on the state level, it's a little harder. On the national level, it's like, who even are these people sometimes? But on the local level, you really are holding the people accountable who influence your day-to-day life and where your local sales tax, your local tax dollars are going. Property property taxes. They're going up everywhere. They're going up everywhere. And this is something that can actually impact your finances day-to-day. Day. And so that's why I think putting an emphasis on local politics is pretty cool. Well, and we'll see how things go next Gosh, week we'll whenever we, uh, what, how long are y'all going to be on the air live? Probably like three hours. Was that a real that ring, be- bell ring? bell ring that was kind of half-hearted we got, we got over bell, here? We got the bell ring. There we Speak, go. By the way, I, I, this is my first time on yes, since I the am. bell, and I'm going to waste part of our next segment to rant about it because I just, it's too constricting. I'm not a big fan, <laughs> but like whatever. It. You have much more to say. Than y'all are like Pavlov's dogs, too. You just go <laughs> right on into the next, you don't even act like it exists. We get used to it. But the next one that we're going to do um, that we want to talk about is the Tennessee Speaker of the House. There was an election today on Wednesday to elect a new Speaker of the House, and that'll go into effect permanently when the special session goes in in August. But um, tell us about that, Justin. 
Yes, yeah, so, I mean, the Republicans voted uh, for Cameron Sexton mm-hmm. as the next speaker, and you know, absent some crazy situation, he will become the next speaker right. because they have so many votes on the House floor. Uh, and I think it's a good one. I mean, we've worked very closely with Cameron mm-hmm. for many years. Uh, he's been a great ally of ours on most issues. Yeah. He's not good on educational choice. Was oh, not against. It was against the ESA vote or against the ESA bill, um, and in the governor's efforts there. But you know, we got it passed. So mm-hmm. uh, you know, now that's more focused on implementation. Totally. But when it comes to health care reform, when it comes to protecting short-term rentals, he actually carried Love the home that. sharing bill yes. that protected uh, people's property rights there against cities. And so I think by and large, he's going to be a, a good speaker and really be aligned with us on those core issues and continue to move our state forward. Yeah, bring in some leadership that really energizes people. Yeah. I think that's really exciting. I mean, that is something that I know we've started focusing on a couple years ago and we'll continue to is the property rights piece. And yep. I think that's what's important, at least for me. I spend a lot of time on our social media pages and it's a lot really important to people the property rights piece and so i think this is um he's going to be a good leader for that it's a welcome development yeah we i love that to working with i love it i think it's also really cool one of the things that i liked about beacon when i came in was such good relationships with lawmakers um i don't know if, if everyone out there has seen the polling but beacon there was a poll done and beacon was the number one most seen and heard voice on we're very loud i think mark mark can be you know part of mark that takes care of that yeah. yes but it's it's, it's nice that we're in a position to be able to um, have good relationships with these lawmakers and, and have good things to say about a leader that's coming in. Yeah, for sure. We had good relationships with pretty much everybody that was running for speaker. There were six of them, uh, and they're all great guys. And uh, we, we really look forward to and, and always try to figure out how to build those relationships Absolutely. with everybody on both sides of the aisle. We even have good relationships with Democrats in the legislature. And so it's important to, to build those relationships so yeah. that when they do rise to a position of power, you can continue to work with them to advance freedom and free enterprise in the state. And if they come to us right. as a resource, too, And what that's I think important. is cool, I mean, you said that he's not with us on school choice, but he is with us on a lot of other things. And that's something that we talk about a lot is you might be against me on 99 99% of things, but if you're with me on 1%, and he's with us on more than that, but I think it's right. it's great to have someone in the leadership role that can side with a lot of different people and is not just like a singularly focused... Without a doubt. I don't agree with my wife 100% of the time, and I'm ignoring the bell, by right. the way. But... It's classic. Kara <laughs> <laughs> Virginia didn't hear that. Um, so the next thing we want to talk about is something that Justin and I get really passionate about, and that is our hatred of social media. Um, we're both on social media. We're pretty active on it, but it's all kind of like for me I have to shut it off at at some point because it's just too much it's mostly Twitter Twitter yes, will Twitter's my nightmare Twitter will destroy the universe okay we actually had lunch about this today Suzanne and Stephanie and I actually had lunch and we talked about this today about the outrage culture and the calling people out culture and how people just get on Twitter try to ruin people's lives yeah I can't take it anymore I have people who I wouldn't necessarily consider them friends, but good acquaintances mm-hmm. that I thought I had a good relationship with and still purportedly do in person. When we talk in person, it's Isn't all positive great? and nice. And then they go on mm-hmm. Twitter and just start trashing you. Isn't and that so cute how people can just sit behind a computer screen all day and just troll people, just yeah. dump all over you and then they're nice to your face? Yeah. It's infuriating. Well, those people aren't good people, frankly. So no, I'm just, they're not. And I hate Twitter by and large. I've gotten on trouble on Twitter before. saying That's why he hates it, y'all. <laughs> expressing my opinion <laughs> and I just don't think that you can really have a constructive dialogue in a hundred what a 280 characters or right. whatever it is now and everybody's goal on Twitter is not to 
educate themselves and educate others. It's really just to be a troll and trash people. Well, that's so what, I prefer Instagram. Myself. Yes, I agree. That's what gets on my nerves about my age group is I was just looking up some numbers. Well, millennials are terrible, yes. by and large. Okay, with so exceptions. I would agree with that. Okay. Sixty um, percent of college students bump into news as they're scrolling Facebook and Twitter. They don't actively seek it out. They bump into news as they're scrolling Facebook and Twitter. And how much that of that news is real news? Boil. Exactly. Well, I was looking at things today just about the Mueller hearings and all this stuff and, and the squad of the congresswomen on the Hill and how they refuse to say they don't like something. Well, just because they don't dignify something with a comment, that doesn't make it a story. <laughs> but that's all you can fit in a tweet. If right. someone will say, well, such and such doesn't say that they don't like this. Well, who cares if they don't say it? They Maybe they're not dignifying it with a comment. Maybe they, maybe they really won't condemn something. But whatever you're saying in a tweet is just to get people fired up. It's just clickbaity. And it's starting to get on my nerves, as you can tell by the way that I'm using my hands frantically right I'm now. I'm with you, you know, especially Twitter. Twitter, it's just the worst. Facebook is, you know, more keep up with family and old friends that you haven't seen in a while. New recipes, um, yeah, how stuff to like that. Instagram, <laughs> I like photography and I mm-hmm. do a lot when I travel, especially take a lot of pictures. And so it's a way for me to learn good picture, you know, t- photography techniques and to share my uh, pictures when I do. So it's a lot nicer than Twitter. Totally. I did actually try to buy did a, a death to Twitter <laughs> shirt, but it was coming from China. So it didn't get here. It in didn't time. get here in time. Next yeah. time we'll, wear, we'll get matching death to Twitter shirts, but that's how we feel about about social media and getting your news from social media. So if you are, you're on our list. And our <laughs> list is not a good place to be. Okay, we're going to end on a positive note after we just ranted. We won a big case this week. That's right. So, you know, we can't win them all in the legislature. Beacon Impact fought for multiple years, I think two years, mm-hmm. to prevent the auctioneer uh, industry from expanding its purview over online auctions. Which, to so me, since, just, it seems crazy. It, well, you know, the traditional stand-up and talk-real-fast approach to auctioneering right. is dying out. Exactly. You know, less, uh, fewer people are doing that, and so a lot more people are doing online auctions mm-hmm. these days. And we successfully, <laughs> right, we successfully prevented that uh, for two years through Beacon Impact uh, lobbying against those efforts, but they passed a bill this year that requires online auctioneers to get an expensive and cost time-consuming license very time and so we turned around through our uh, legal arm and sued we got a temporary restraining order a few weeks ago yeah so the law was supposed to go into effect july 1st temporary restraining order prohibited that from happening which is great then this week we just got news that we got our preliminary injunction granted which Mm -hmm. is really a longer uh it's a longer uh, approach to present preventing the uh, the law from going into effect so now it can't go into effect until there's a final ruling uh, on the issue. And so uh, we're protecting a lot of people from having to go through an expensive and onerous process or shut down their business. I mean, our clients Absolutely. potentially would have to shut down their business in While order to comply with this. While they this process. Yeah. And um, Justin's an attorney. I'm not. I just kind of listen to I just Justin play one on TV. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, me too. Um, I just listen to what Justin and Braden saying to try to sponge it all. But talk about the constitutional, like what this means, like as far as the Constitution goes. How did he, it was in federal court. Right. He ruled on a constitutional basis this per interstate commerce is that, interstate commerce yeah. is the the basis for the ruling essentially you, you can't just have an online auction in Tennessee and only in Tennessee right. really I mean the way the the internet works it, it opens it up everywhere pretty much except for maybe China um, <laughs> where they heavily regulate the internet <laughs> but so if you're in Kansas and you're selling something through an auction format online there are people all over the world that could participate in that and even if no one in Tennessee is 
actively looking to buy on that, an ad might pop up on Google or something like that. And essentially, uh, the, the the court said, you can't regulate things that are purely interstate commerce that aren't yes. done uh, within Tennessee and only within Tennessee. And I think there's also a good argument to be made that there's no reason to regulate this anyway. If you look at the complaints, they had zero complaints mm-hmm. against online auctions uh, in the last year. So there's no public health or safety concern. Uh, yeah. And so you add that component to it, it makes a lot of sense to stop this from going into effect and having such a, dr- a drastic impact on our clients and others. Mm-hmm. Well, I pulled two quotes out of the ruling. One of the quotes said, unregulated auctions are not imposing a substantial harm on the public. Yep. And then the other quote said, the burden is clearly excessive to the benefits. Love it. So that pretty much sums up. That's the awesome. Whole what a way to end the show. What a way to end it. So that's a pretty good. We had one rant. Um, two. Well, I ran it about the bell too. So really, Justin had two rants. I had one rant. We had some really good news. And a reminder to vote on August 1st. If you're in Nashville and you haven't done early voting, vote on August 1st and watch us live on Facebook that night. Thanks for joining us this week, and we'll talk to you next week.